1: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You deserve inner peace. No, really, you do. Visit BetterHelp and see if online therapy is for you. Cute Code and Crooked Media presents Edith, starring Rosamund Pike. Created by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig.
2: I should fill you in. There'd been some developments. Since last we spoke, Lansing went to the press with some vile insinuations about the president's health. Hello, Senator Walsh. Hello, Senator Fong. Just positive
3: cover some positive cover would be yes, great. Senator Please, Gore, I assure Senator you. Walsh.
2: I assure you. Uh, fuck. That's half our votes on the league. Gone. Ma'am. Losing support from our own party. That's how Ma'am. things end.
4: Are you
3: okay?
2: Yeah, yes. Solutions, solutions all ideas welcome except bad ones
5: sorry overheard a little from the other room but um i uh may have a suggestion
2: it had been weeks since senator fall's visit but ever since trudy had kept to herself i may have overcompensated oh my god trudy please come in share your wonderful idea
5: so um you know those movie magazines I read? Like Photoplay or Motion Picture, or Movie Weekly, or Picture Play, um, or Motion Picture a, Weekly. Am I needed Quiet, for Quiet, Tumulty. Go ahead, dear. Our Moving Picture Journal, or Silver Screen. No, sweetie, skip that part. Sorry. So this morning, I read that a reporter asked this actress...
4: What is your preferred breakfast?
5: Grapefruit, darling. Grapefruit. And guess what I ate this morning?
4: Grapefruit?
5: Seven of them, and I feel great, darling. So maybe a reporter can ask Woodrow, how are you so strong, Mr. President? And he'd say, cause I eat oats. Then everyone reading is like, that Lansing is a liar and the president is strong thanks to oats. Trudy, are you suggesting we twist the
2: respectability of journalism to plant an unprecedented piece of fluff about the president of the United States and what, uh, debase this office?
5: You're right, I shouldn't have brought it up.
2: No, no, that's clever. That's really shrewd. It's just risky. I wonder if Woodrow could, you know, I'd been protecting Woodrow for so long, from outsiders, from the public, from the press. He'd made so much progress lately, but I had to be sure, for his legacy. Good. Woodrow? Sure. Woodrow? Huh? You awake? Mm, uh, yeah. Are you writing something?
4: A uh, letter to Nell. She was asking for something or other.
2: Woodrow, if if we were to bring someone in, a a reporter, to talk with you and ask you questions, do you feel capable of taking their questions? Yes.
4: (laughs) Yes, of course, Edith. (laughs) I can handle a few questions. I'm, uh, well, I'm I'm answering one right now.
2: Good. (laughs) Good. Yeah, I thought so. And that's why we were here, in a room full of journalists, the air thick with halitosis. Talent scattered. for America's first presidential piece.
3: Thank you, thank you. I'm so glad we're here to honor the true heroes, like myself, journalists.
2: Thank you for the invite to this fine banquet, Ralph. I also stand for journalism, truth, etc. cetera.
3: Wonderful i'm sorry for lewis up there that's right we are the true heroes not the firefighters or the troops or doctors and nurses or teachers journalists well he'd do anything for a pulitzer which is a good thing his last name is pulitzer
2: all oh, right this is ralph pulitzer his family started the thing where they give those giant coins to journalists Personally, I think how can i refuse an invitation from you after we received so many kind words in your fine newsprint
3: All right, all right, Uh, enough of me. Here he is, famed war correspondent and my coworker, the dangerously young Tobias Clarence. Wow, thank you, thank you.
2: Excuse me, love, I wanna be in my seat for this. He's a big part of the reason I came here tonight.
3: (laughs) I know, my wife
2: loves him too. I did not love him, I just wanted to use the guy, which is honestly what every other woman in Washington wanted to do too.
4: Thank you again, Mr. Seibold. Uh,
5: what That's it is him, right? Right, post? He's young. I got so used to everyone in Washington being like 48.
2: I want it noted I chose to ignore that that is my exact age.
3: It means the world to me that a member of your wizened generation would come here tonight to pass the torch.
2: Damn, what little shit. Yep, he's perfect.
4: I want to talk today about our role
3: in shaping America's future. The sun Beach broke over the German line. I knew light would soon Hit America. Thank you.
2: God, people will applaud anything as long as you end it with America and thank you. Mr. Clarence, what a wonderful speech. I simply had to be the first to shake your hand.
3: Wow, Madam First Lady. I have to admit, I'm a little surprised you're being kind to me right now. Wait, why are you surprised? No, you haven't heard? Tomorrow's edition. My interview
4: with Lansing is- know what now? I interviewed Lansing. It'll be on the front page of the you Washington- You
2: interviewed Lansing? The man's a disgruntled, dismissed, disgraced, Uh uh ex-employee Do you have a statement specifically about his accusations in the press? Stop writing that down. Trudy, come on. We're leaving.
5: Did Tobias agree?
2: We agreed to disagree that he should drink poison.
5: Oh, okay. But they did just give me some nice Earl Grey and some cookies.
2: You don't need the caffeine, but bring the cookies to go.
3: Where's that damn driver?
5: Hey, look, isn't that the nice
3: old man we just saw speak? It's a black Chevy 490. I've been waiting 20 minutes. I could have sworn we brought that car out already. Did you give my car to someone else? I'm not Pussed at liberty to... Me, to a... you red-vested, blotchy-eyed car secretary. Either I'm driving out of here in a black Chevy 490, or I'm climbing on your back and riding you out of here like a pack donkey. Got me?
2: Oh, damn. I like him. Trudy, I need your cookies. All of them? Yes. We just found our journalist. Honey, Dr. Grayson told me to make sure you eat lunch and take your pills before today's interview. Oh,
4: Oh. yes, okay.
2: Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling today? Good, good. Mm. Woodrow. Woodrow, are you okay? Are you okay?
4: Yes. (coughs) Piece of pineapple decided to reroute itself toward my lungs, but I'm fine, Edith. Oh,
2: God. Sorry, I'm just nervous. It's just for months, it was like it was all about keeping people out. and now we're. We're bringing a journalist in. It's a lot
4: journalist. Oh, yeah. that's today, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's today.
4: Oh, good. Wonderful, ma'am. You're needed
2: right now. Tumulty Cybold will be here within the half hour. I'll be right back, honey. Trudy, I need you to greet Cybold for me. What are you drinking?
5: Just hot water with lemon.
2: Oh, good. Not caffeinated. The last thing we need is more stress today.
0: She is willing to protect from Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death. The last city stars actors, Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow the last city on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the last city early and ad free right now by joining Wondery plus.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one since that matters.
3: You're not gonna lose my coat, right? Sir, in the 130 year history of White House staff accepting visitors' coats, we haven't lost a single thread. Of course, except that one time the British burned the building down. You better hope so, because I've ruined more lives than the British Empire, and that's saying something. Mr.
5: Seibold, welcome to the White House.
3: Hello, who the hell are you?
5: Why, I'm Mrs. Grayson, wife of the Dr. Admiral Grayson, the personal physician to the President, and also I am the First Lady's friend, best
3: Uh Uh-huh. Where the hell is she?
5: She is indisposed at the moment, but alas... Wow. Look at that.
3: What are you looking at? Do I have something on my face?
5: Yes, you do. My grandpop's eyes. Seeing you up close, your eyes are exactly like my grandpop's. Wise, respectable.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Miss Grayson. So uh... very
5: old. Like on his deathbed, you have those... Deathbed eyes.
3: Yeah, sweetie, it's just from a lifetime of wishing I were dead.
5: Shall we join the president? He's just about to start a movie.
2: That was Dr. Grayson's idea, that we could ease Woodrow into his interview by starting him with mental stimulation. Doctors back then were mostly just guessing. I mean, let's face it, they still are.
3: Mrs. Grayson piloted this correspondent through the hallowed White House corridors into the East Room, converted into a majestic movie palace where two figures were silhouetted in the dark. One figure seated in the office chair was the president, the most loved and most hated man in America. The other, gentle in mien, charming in pose, standing with her left hand on the back of his chair was the first lady of the land, Mrs. Wilson.
2: Mr. Seibold, I'm thrilled you're here to mark this unprecedented first, a day in the life report of a sitting U.S. president.
3: As long as I also get my in-depth interview.
2: That was the deal. Seibold writes my puff piece, and we grant an exclusive, rare, wide-ranging interview with the president. You will, Mr. Seibold. In fact, Woodrow read your questions, and they've all been approved.
3: That's unfortunate. I might need to write up some meaner ones, then. A movie, a Bill Hart Western. Delighted the president.
4: Look what that man says there on the screen. They told me this job weren't no better roses, and I'm telling you, she ain't. (laughs) Is that how you feel, Mr. President? Hmm. Ah, yes. I'd trade with a cowboy right now. Go outside, ride, at least go for a nice drive in a car. God, is there a
3: reason you can't go for a car ride?
2: (laughs) The President is so busy with the League of Nations. You understand.
3: But not too busy to watch a film. Ma'am, you have some urgent first lady business to
1: attend to.
2: Excuse me, gentlemen. Enjoy the cowboys. I hope they win. What was Grayson thinking? A movie? It's so suspicious. Be honest. Does the president seem capable of handling this interview to you?
5: Maybe we just need to trust him a little. Ma'am,
4: there's an urgent matter. Out with it. Quick. We've received pushback after a report that Woodrow decided to strike a request to place racial equality in the League Agreement.
2: Pushback? From who?
4: Certain, uh, people are connecting it to his decision to
2: resegregate the federal government.
5: Oh, damn it. Not now. Racial equality doesn't sound so bad, right? Why not just put it back in? Then everyone's (sighs) happy.
2: Trudy, dear, some things sound good, but aren't. Like angel food cake, a resort at Niagara Falls, or racial equality. Trust me.
5: If you say so, Edith. Tumult,
2: start drafting up some responses to this mess. I need to get back to Seibold. It's a small pet peeve, but I hate it when journalists start asking questions. We didn't stage the day's events. The appointment with Dr. Grayson was coincidental. We wanted to keep everything as natural as possible.
4: Why, Mr. President, not only are you
3: in excellent shape, you have gained a healthy 20 pounds. Oh. Hmm. Good. Wait, did the President lose a lot of weight after his fall?
2: No. We never said that.
3: Um, the president has just been working out, building muscle. Isn't that
4: right, Mr. President? Hmm? Yes. I wish I were half as healthy as the president.
3: Compared to him, I could die any minute. (laughs) All of us could. You could, sir. Yeah, well, after I write this story, a few of you might want me dead. (laughs)
2: Uh, That's funny. The photographer must be here by now. He's healthy. Let's move on.
3: Back when I started, people didn't need pictures in the newspapers. They did this little thing called reading.
2: Yeah, sure. Let's be upset at the concept of photography.
3: Ah, yes. Photography.
4: An old once-treasured memory engraved on glass to keep the dying past alive.
3: Huh. James H. Tweedy. His daguerreotype type poem. Am I right?
4: Yes, sir. 1853. You must be a fellow poetry lover.
3: I wouldn't say I love anything, but it is one of the few things that doesn't make me want to die.
5: Oh. Hey, Edith, the photographer is already waiting inside. Great. Do you mind helping them find Woodrow's
2: good side? I, I, I just wanted to share a quick word with you, Seibold. How are you feeling about the profile piece?
3: I'm mostly looking forward to the interview. Oh,
2: wonderful, because I have some good news. It's already done. What's this? It's your interview. It's really good.
3: I, I thought my questions were approved. Yes, and they I... were,
2: and now they're answered. The president prepared it all beforehand. It's really an incredible read. Pulitzer-worthy.
3: You don't understand, Mrs. First Lady. You can boss around all the little peasants in your castle, but I don't work for you. I I work for... understand,
2: but Woodrow is a very busy man, Mr. Seibold. He's the president. If this is an issue, please feel free to talk to your boss and tell him that you failed to get your interview despite having more time with the president than any journalist before you, in the history of the presidency. Or we can go right in there and take a nice photo. Which'll it be?
0: Take the damn photo.
3: Hello, Mrs. Grayson. I didn't realize you were out here. Mind if I smoke?
5: Not at all. Just drinking Earl Grey. The caffeine isn't too much for me. I like it. How's the interview? But it's fine. Nice weather, huh? Yep, pretty nice.
3: Wow. Okay. Like giving cocaine to a mouse. Actually, Trudy, something I noticed is that the First Lady is, um, has she always been this... Strong willed.
5: She's strong, real strong. People never gave her what she wanted, so she found ways to get it anyway. That's Edith. <laughs> the president can't even go for a little drive anymore without her say so.
3: You know what, sweetie? I love talking to you. I wondered if you could talk about some of the business Edith keeps wandering off to attend to today. Okay, Mr. President, Mrs. First Lady, hold still for a moment.
2: Woodrow, hold the paper still. I am
4: holding it still.
2: No, it's shaking, Woodrow. These cameras will blur this motion.
4: Just one more moment, and...
2: Did it... Did it work? I thought there'd be a flash
4: or a noise or
2: something. Was it the paper?
4: No, Mrs. Wilson. Something appears wrong with the camera.
2: Can
3: I have five minutes, Mr. President?
2: That's more time than we gave the ambassador from Romania, and they were at war, but sure.
3: Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Trudy, look into my eyes. Your grandpop's eyes, right? Would you lie to him on his deathbed? Uh,
5: no, no lie. What's really
3: going on here with Edith and Woodrow?
5: If you're thinking Edith sees you as a sad old man she can manipulate, you're wrong. She doesn't. She respects us. You. All of us.
3: <laughs> you know who also seems like a sad old man? The 28th President of the United States.
5: Teddy Roosevelt.
3: What? No. Woodrow Wilson.
5: Sorry. Sometimes Teddy Roosevelt just pops into my mind, but... Uh, but... Woodrow's not a sad old man. He's a good president.
3: <laughs> Thanks for the intel. I must say, Mr. President, you've really impressed me with your strength today agreeing to a sit-down interview. So many of your detractors in Congress are much too cowardly for something like that.
2: Why do people assume that just because I'm in a hallway dealing with important matters that I can't hear them conspiring against me?
3: I'd love to take you on a drive Woodward,
2: looks like the photographer is ready.
4: Yep, all good, ready. Oh, wonderful. A fractal blink of time preserved and saved so that the tableau at moment would survive. Uh, yeah, sure, we can do that. Okay. Let's get into pose.
2: Woodrow put the paper down. I'm not a child, Edith.
4: Woodrow I said stop it I'm not a child.
2: Should I Two seconds Woodrow listen to me please as your wife, I'm asking you put the paper down Or let me help you. let me help you steady you. That's what I'm here for to steady you to show you in the best light. Do you trust me?
4: Okay Edith you win. Thank you
2: Woodrow. I love you. Mm-hmm.
4: And... There we go. Sorry about the delay. We're done here? Yes, ma'am. I'm all done.
2: Excellent. Mr. Seibold, the interview is over. Thank you.
4: I'm sorry, I thought I had more- White House staff
2: will see you out now, Mr. Seibold. Thank you.
3: I'm sorry, sir. I'm not sure where your coat went. This has never happened (sighs) before, I swear. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go back in there and get me a coat. I don't care if it belonged to George fucking Washington. Do you hear me? Seibold. Mr. President? I have your coat.
4: I had staff bring it to me because I wanted to ask you a question. Would you care
3: for a drive? A little birdie told me there's some controversy today. And I'm wondering about the decision to strike racial equality from the League. What was your thinking? Mr. Seibold, I have been saving my
4: energy all day for a question as intelligent as that. It's simply a matter of avoiding friction. The same reason for allowing segregation in certain federal Edith and I both grew up in Virginia and are in <laughs> The truth is, domestic slaves were almost uniformly dealt with indulgently and even affectionately the Klux by Klux their Klux masters. Merely with mischief or pranks, initially. Understandable as to the safety of setting free a body of men so large yet That's so ignorant in the moderate about. use of freedom. America needs to lead the world. Just like
3: domestically, men like myself must lead the country. Wow, thank you, Mr. President, for such a comprehensive answer to my one question. I wanted to. What the hell was that? I I believe a car just swerved in front of
4: us.
2: Cybold! Woodrow. Edith? Cybold, get
3: out of that car now. Edith. Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? You kidnapped the President. That's treason. Treason? Are you insane? Please, please, the yelling. Mm. It gives me a headache.
4: No one kidnapped me, Edith. We had a nice conversation, that's all. Oh,
2: and what did you say to him? Does it matter? It'll never see print. How do you know that?
3: Because the American people don't want to think about all that. Half of what he told me he's already wrote into books no one reads. No offense, Mr. President. That's not what I'm here for.
2: Well, what do you want then?
3: Access, Mrs. Wilson. You guys get some information, gossip, who's in, who's out. Bring it to me first. I haven't had that in years. That's what I want.
4: I said it's fine as long as what he prints meets our approval, Edith. Does that sound fine?
2: I, that does actually sound fine. Mr. Seibold, my apologies and congratulations.
3: Congratulations on what? This year's Pulitzer Prize in reporting
4: is awarded to the New York World for both their interview and groundbreaking profile with President Woodrow through the work of reporter Lewis
3: Seibold. Thank you. (laughs) I, uh, wow, I'm just, uh... (laughs) Speechless.
2: I mean, who wouldn't be, having their name attached to something so... Pulitzer-worthy. It had been a rough few months, seeing Woodrow in bed, away from the office, his seat of power, which felt unnatural without him on it. The chair's been waiting for you, Mr. President. Thank you,
4: Madam First Lady.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But now it was hard to dispute. Woodrow was back to his old self. How does it feel?
4: Ah, it feels good, quite good. Thank you for keeping it
2: warm, honey. Of course, it was all for you, Woodrow. I'm so glad you're back. It was time for him to return to where he belonged. Is this,
4: is this chair different than it was before? Hmm, what's that? Nothing, I'm sure it's nothing.
1: Edith stars Rosmond Pike as Edith Wilson, Brandon Scott Jones as Joseph Tumulty, Esther Pavitsky as Trudy Grayson, Clark Gregg as Woodrow Wilson, Chris Mulkey as Lewis Seibold, John Grady as Ralph Pulitzer, Andy Favreau as Tobias Clarence, Adam Conover as Dr. Carrie Grayson, Lincoln Hopp as reporter, Darren Cooper, as Senator Thomas, Jay Preston, as Senator Flanagan, Eddie Keller, as Senator Shields, Timothy Allen Roberts, as valet, Hayes Hargrove, as White House staff, David Abed, as photographer, In Rytel, as presenter. Created and written by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig. Directed by Maureen Barucha Executive produced by Roseman Pike, John Levitt. Sarah Geismer, Allison Falzetta, Rob Herding, David Henning, and Sandra Yiling. Produced by Yin Hiyu. Co-producer, Michelle Zarati. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson and Ashoka Tia Garajan. Q-Code Head of Music, Darren Johnson. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh and Ben Milchev. Edited by Neely Oftering. Sound design and mix by Andrew Pomeroy. Q-Code Head of Mixing, Ben Milchev. Casting Directors Chelsea Block and Marisa Roncalli at Atama Casting Director for Guest Roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant Director, Kelsey Adams. Script Supervisor, Sam Beasley. Dialect Coach for Roseman Pike, Carla Meyer. Assistant Engineering by Neely Oftering and Beatrice Noronha. Production Coordinator, Brandon Wisner and Anna Basha Production Assistant, Nathan Yan and Bailey Grayson. Post Coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production accounting, Pin Chen Lu. Edith is a Q Code and Crooked Media production. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You deserve inner peace. No, really, you do. Visit BetterHelp and see if online therapy is for you.
3: The strata. There's two of them following me. I know that for sure.
2: And over the package and we'll let you go.
3: You'll let me go. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, the first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes.